Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Go For It. I am your host, Paul Gannon. For the next 90 minutes, we will be talking sports and having fun doing it. All your ideas, all your opinions, and all your beliefs. And of course, as always, you will get a heavy dose of my opinion. If you have an opinion, the number to call 646-727-3070. That's 646-727-3070. You can send messages here on Twitter at GoForItCamp. Also here in the chat room, it's open, live and direct. We can talk sports. We can have fun doing it. Great show lined up for you today. Expect to be joined by R&B star Tank. And Tank is also one of the stars of the hit uh, TV One TV show, Born Again Virgin. So we're going to talk to Tank about all that. Also, we're going to get Tank's top five R&B singers of all time. And also, get your thoughts on Mayweather Berto, which is right around the corner, September 12th to be exact. We'll have, we will talk to him about that. Also, Hall of Famer Willie Rove will be in the building, in the house with us today. And we're going to talk about RG3 and some of these training camp fights. Much ado about nothing? Well, ask Willie. Probably so. Also, as we go throughout the course of these 90 minutes, we're going to talk about Daryl Bevel. No regrets? Regrets? We'll talk about it. RG3, he took a beating last night. We'll talk about that as well. And so much else to get to as we go throughout the course of these 90 minutes. And let's start with RG3. RG3, he, he, he came out the other day, and, and, here, and here are his quotes. I mean, I know everybody got caught up in, I know I'm the best quarterback on this team. I feel like I'm the best quarterback in the league. Yes, that's a part of it. Yes, as RG3. RG3, that's clickbait. For sure. For sure it is. But here's what he said. Quote, I don't feel like I have to come out here and show anybody anything or why I'm better than this guy or better than that guy. It's more about going out and affirming that for me. I go out and I play. I know I'm the best quarterback on this team. I feel like I'm the best quarterback in the league. I have to go out 
and show that. And, and to me, you know, RG3, Brian Mitchell, former rescue player, I think he said it great. And he went on a rant, an epic rant. But here's, you know, here's what, you know, I'm pulling a little piece from that. And just a little part of it. And he basically said, it's time for RG3 to shut up. And that's just the reality of the situation. It's time for RG3 to shut up. It, 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 it's time now for RG3 to go out there, just be quiet, and regain that form in that, that he had in the first season of his career. I, I think if anybody would have thought after that first season that RG3 would be in the position that he's in, we would all thought, you were crazy. I think anybody would have thought that anybody was crazy if they said something, if they said RG3 was this guy, the guy that we've seen over the past two seasons. He's been bad. Now, last night, what, six of the eight dropbacks that he had, he was hit. So he took a beating. And, and I think on some level, maybe Jay Gruden should have been like, yo, this is enough. He, he's, he's seen enough. That's enough. I'm calling it in. Trent Williams is out. We, we got a backup in there. He's not really doing his job. The offensive line as a whole is not doing their job. He's good. Let's throw the towel in. Let's save him from himself and, and let him see, uh, live to see another day. Ultimately, he ended up with a concussion and, and a stinger, but he's, according to reports, he'll be good next week if he, if he, if he had to play or wanted to play. And, but if I'm the Redskins, and usually that third preseason game is that dress rehearsal. But if I'm the Redskins, I'll think of, I got to think about some things. First and foremost, I, I got to give his man an opportunity with the first string offensive line. That's first and foremost. And I got to see if I don't have my first string offensive line, I'm not going to keep him out there and allow him to take a beating. And, and he's, he's been taking a beating. The offensive line for the Redskins pretty much has picked up where they left off last season. It probably hurts. It doesn't help that Trent Williams wasn't there last night. That doesn't help at all. But I look at the Washington Redskins. I look at RG3. At the end of the day, RG3, you got to be quiet, man. I mean, you don't see Tom Brady. You don't see Peyton Manning saying I'm the best. They don't have to say. You don't hear Aaron Rodgers saying I'm the best. They don't have to say it. Now, I, I know you've had guys, Joe Flacco, talking about he was elite. Went out it. He went out and proved it and got a Super Bowl. Eli Manning saying he was elite. He went out and proved it and got a Super Bowl. And he ultimately got paid. So, guys have talked about being elite. You know, those guys come with a level of pedigree. I mean, Joe Flacco's been in the playoffs pretty much most of his career. Eli Manning already had already had a Super Bowl ring before he started talking about calling himself elite. So these guys have had a have a pedigree. And these guys can talk. RG3 had one season. One season. 
That's it. One good season. I mean, that uh, Washington was his tag. And during that season, he could have said anything. They loved him. I mean, the, the guy was amazing in that first season. But after that injury, after that faithful play against the Seattle Seahawks, changed the course of RG3's career at this point in time. Now, it, it, maybe RG3 can turn this thing around. He's only 24 years old. I hope RG3 can turn this around. Seems like a good guy. And, you know, here's the thing also. We, we, we criticize our guys when our athletes, when they don't say nothing. And then we, we criticize them when they say too much or when they give you candor and they give you honesty. He gave you honesty. He gave you what he felt. He felt that he is the best quarterback in football. He just has to show it. But it's very, the thing is, it's very difficult, especially when a lot of people in the locker room may be chirping about you. And it's very difficult when the last two seasons, you've been awful, abysmal, terrible, horrible. Just not the same guy. Just not that same guy. And so, with that being said, when, when you're not producing, when you're not getting it done, there comes a time where you just have to be quiet. You have to be quiet. And, and just look at RG3, how much he's diminished. You know, that first season, Redskins won the NFC East, got to the playoffs. RG3 had an impressive rookie season. 20 touchdowns to only five interceptions, a quarterback rating of 102, over 100. And then that fateful injury against the Seahawks, that, that, that injury that just destroyed, just, just not the same guy since. But you look at 2013, 82 quarterback rating, 16 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. And then last season, injury plague season, four touchdowns, six interceptions. This is time for it, it's time for RG three to to put up now. This is probably his last shot with the Washington Redskins. You get sense Jay Gruden's not a big fan of him. You sense that. So being that your 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 coach is not a big fan of you. And being that, you know, you have struggled mightily over the past two seasons, the reality is, RG3, you're on the clock, at least with the Washington Redskins. I mean, I, I think there are teams out here, uh, RG3 is 25, I said 24, but he is 25. But there are teams out here that would give a 25-year-old quarterback like RG3 who has led a team to the playoffs, who had 20 touchdowns to five interception season, who ran, from, who ran for 800 yards in that rookie season. Now, he may not be that guy anymore. 
And he may never, ever, ever. I mean, he may, he's not that guy now, but he may never be that rookie that he was, the, 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 the sensational rookie, the playmaking rookie, the, the, the guy who, who was, you know, making play after play after play, uh, the, the guy who found ways to win games for the Washington Redskins during that 20, uh, during that, during that 2012 season. And you look at that game against the Seahawks. Guess what? If, if RG3 wasn't limited in that game, if you remember, the, the Redskins were up 14 to nothing. If RG3 wasn't limited, the Redskins probably win that football game. And, you know, obviously we look, I mean, uh, Seattle probably still would have turned into what Seattle turned into. I mean, it definitely would have turned into what they turned into, and that's the Super Bowl champion. But you look at RG3, and, and when he crumbled to the ground against the Seahawks in that, in that playoff game, it was tough to watch. And a lot of people even before they were before they injured, they were calling for him to, to sit down, get him out of there. Coach Shanahan, get him out of there. And Coach Shanahan didn't do it. But ultimately, RG three, the knee collapse. And, and then the following season he rushed back. He he most definitely rushed back. You know, you had that commercial, you know. And then they did the reality TV show, RG3, the countdown to his comeback, and all that. But you watched him that first game against the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, you know, Chip Kelly's first game as a coach. He was so limited, RG3. He, he, he was just a limited player. He just looked rusty. I mean, he didn't play any preseason. He was just rusty. And he had no business being out there. And, and it kind of set the tone for that whole season for him. And he struggled. And he has not been the same since. So we'll see what happens. And, and I, I mean, I'm rooting for RG3. Again, I'm rooting for the guy. Let me reiterate that. I'm rooting for RG3. I'm rooting for RG3. Most definitely. The key is health, 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 first and foremost. Secondly, and this might even be number one, but he has to be able to throw out of that pocket. He's got to become a better pocket passer. And if he wants to have success in this league, he's got to be able to throw from the pocket, period, point blank. And you you, you got to be able to throw from that pocket. You know, you can run to the right, to the left, up, down, side to side, round and round. But you got to be able to throw from that pocket. And RG3 has to work on that and get better at that. He is right. He's the best quarterback on that roster. I mean, Kirk Cousins got an opportunity, and he wasn't successful at all. So when RG3 says he's the best quarterback on this roster, he's right. But when he says he's the best quarterback in the league, he's dead wrong. 
And I don't either, even if he he's dead wrong. And I and I think I can name maybe 10, 20 quarterbacks. Probably 20 quarterbacks better than RG3. 20 quarterbacks you would rather have at this point in time instead of RG3. Brady, Ryan Tannehill, that's two. Joe Flacco, that's three. Andy Dalton, that's four. Big Ben, that's five. Uh, Andrew Luck, that's six. Alex Smith, that's seven. Peyton Manning, there's no order at all. Peyton Manning, eight. Philip Rivers, nine. Tony Romo, 10. Eli Manning, 11. 12 at this point. Aaron Rodgers, 13. Matt Stafford, 14. Cam Newton, 15. Matty Ice, 16. Jameis Winston, you don't really know. But I think teams would rather have him at this point in time. So I'll say 17. Drew Brees, 18. Russell Wilson, 19. Probably Carson Palmer, 20. Colin Kaepernick, 21. And probably Nick Foles of St. Louis, 22. There's some questionable ones. Obviously, Tampa Bay, that's questionable. Uh, Mariota for Tennessee, that's questionable. But, you know, you look at Cleveland, I think I'd rather have uh, RG3 over McCown or Manziel. Buffalo, I think I'd rather have RG3 over Man over uh, Castle, over uh, EJ Manziel, and over uh, Taylor. The Jets, I think I'd rather have uh, RG3 over Geno Smith and Ryan Fitzpatrick. So, you know, uh, and you can even argue, I'm looking at Jacksonville. Rather have Blake Borders, you know, Bortles, excuse me, to RG3? Border RG3. I mean, that, that's something to think about as well. So, RG3 obviously has fallen, but it doesn't mean he can't rise again. And hopefully he can rise again. Hopefully he will rise again. And hopefully RG3 can be that quarterback that we all knew and loved from his rookie season. Man, it seems so long ago. It seems so long ago. That was his town. Washington was his town. That was his town, man. That was his town. And I don't think anybody can deny that. that was, and, you know, you're the quarterback of the Washington Redskins and you're running and you're going well, they're going to love you forever. They're going to love you. They love football. The fans are rooting for him. The fans want him. They want him to be good. They want him to be the RG3 of old. The fans want it. The team wants it. Everybody wants it. Maybe Jake Gruden, who knows? Maybe he wants his own guy. But to this point, he has stuck with RG3. We'll see if he continues to stick with RG3 moving forward. Let's switch gears now. And a lot of preseason football coming over, coming up this weekend in the National Football League, and week two of the preseason. And again, I, I tend not to read too much in the preseason. You know, it's just good that football back. You know, I, I mean, but you know, this is an opportunity for guys to get work. 
obviously an opportunity for guys to make the team. And so you look at what's coming up this weekend, Sam Bradford expected to make his debut for the Philadelphia Eagles against the Baltimore Ravens. Guy's been playing two years. And this is a guy who, who I think he needs to get out there. I think he needs the reps. I think he needs to work. I think he needs to get acclimated with his team. I think he needs to get acclimated with his receivers, his running backs, everybody. He needs to get out there. So hopefully Sam Bradford will get out there and Sam Bradford will have a level of success. But, you know, we'll see. But, you know, there's an opportunity for him to get out there. I mean, you know, the Eagles are an interesting football team from the standpoint, who is your quarterback? You know, and if do they have a franchise-caliber quarterback in Sam Bradford? And that will be found out as we go throughout the course of this preseason. We're going to bring in a guy now, play a lot of preseason football, probably hated playing preseason football, probably hated training camp as well, but we're going to bring him in. We've seen a lot of training camp fights this week uh, in the National Football League. A lot of people are making a big deal out of him. Seems to be much to do about nothing for me, but we're going to bring him in now. Hall of Famer, Willie Rofe. Willie. Paul, how you doing? How are you, sir? Good. And you know what, Paul? Guess my rookie year coming into the league, guess what we what we had to go play? We played five preseason games, and guess what we played the first preseason game? Philadelphia. We played against Philadelphia. <laughs> we played against Philadelphia. I think we played against Philadelphia. You're breaking up. I can hear you now. Paul, remember when they I, used I to have the Japan Bowl? Can you hear me? Oh, okay, yeah, overseas. We played in Tokyo, Japan. I'm pretty sure I think it was against the Philadelphia Eagles in Now, we, we've seen all this talk about the training camp fights. We saw the Redskins and the Texans 
and, you know, them brawling and whatnot. And then you also saw Des Bryant and the Rams and the Cowboys going at it. And you saw Des Bryant getting hit without the helmet on. And a lot of a lot of people are making much, you know, about these fights in training camp. But you you played in the nineties. You, you played in a different era, basically, in in, in some respect. Looking at these training camp fights, this is really nothing in comparison to what you guys used to do. Correct? Well, we did the same thing. We had a big blowout. You know what? If you, some kids you knew when you walked out there, the guys don't like each other. So if the guys don't like each other, eventually, or they don't want to practice, they're gonna get the fight. We had a big blow up in River Falls, and somebody got hurt. I mean, somebody got hurt. Uh, Carlton Gray. Used to play for UCLA, hit somebody, and somebody got hurt. I think they got an injury. They were out for a while. But we had a big blow up against the Kansas City Chiefs when I was with the New Orleans Saints with Mike Dicker in 97, and we didn't finish. We had to get up. We got on the bus. We were up in their place where we followed and left. I mean, it got real, real ugly out there. So, I mean, we, we were there. We practiced one day, and I think we were supposed to practice the next day, and it got cut short after one practice, and we had to leave because uh, it, it was uh, – it was uh, it was it was serious, and uh, you know, I mean, when you got all those guys running around out there hitting each other and stuff, uh, you know, guys can get hurt. Des Bryant should not have ran up in there with his helmet off either. You know, right. I mean, you got to stay. You're a star player. You know, that guy from Northwest Louisiana, right by Louisiana Tech, with the other guy uh, hit Gino, but you know, the, the other kid, you know, jumped up and punched him. I mean. It was ridiculous for him to do that, too, but this wife's got to know he can't run in there without your helmet on. You just can't do it. And, and what is, is there a type of etiquette where, like, okay, I see a guy running to the pile, but he doesn't have a helmet on. Let me pull up. I'm not going to hit him. Do, do guys think about that? Is there etiquette within these training camp fights? Well, there, there is supposed to be some type of etiquette, but... uh uh, you know, some guys don't don't really go by. You know, I mean, if if it's like this, if I if I if I'm if I'm around a fight and I'm a vet, the the younger guys you're trying to break it up. Usually, other team other teams guys should respect an older guy that's just trying to break the fight up. Okay, they should have respect for a vet. You know, and, and, then, and then they shouldn't, you know, want to, want to, you know, if you see the vets, we're trying to break it up. But like you said, it's, these young, it's like anything else. It's these young guys, like that rookie who wasn't drafted, just running and punching and doing the stupid stuff. Okay, so, you know, usually guys would mess with me, or, you know, I go in there and try to break it up and make sure it didn't get out of hand. Now, if it gets out of hand, then you just got to watch yourself. You know, I remember just DBs and, they try to get you on the ground or whatever. Uh, you know, they swarm me. You just got to watch yourself. But, you know, it, 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 you know, we had a tight end. He got hit. And then I went and got the DVs off the tight end. And when I jumped up, they were trying to come out to me with Kansas City. But, you know, so, but I was protecting one of our guys. So, you know, it just if you jump in there and try to protect somebody uh, or do something, then, yeah, guys are going to come out to you. But, you know, once those fights start breaking out, some of them guys are going to continue to keep the fight going just because they want to fight and don't want to practice. Right. We're talking to Hall of Famer Willie Rofe. And, uh, let me ask you, when, when you guys have the opportunity to play 
or or scrimmage with another team, is that almost like your opportunity to 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 fight? Your opportunity to kind of let some anger out, let some steam off. I'm not gonna say that because you no, know, when you go against another team, you're supposed to be there to get good work in. You know, we want to go against go against another team because you don't want to be you've been practicing against your teammate. You know, for two or three weeks, you know, whatever the time might be, so you get a fresh body. You know, different looks for the defense. You know, it's, it, you know, so when you practice against the same guy, you in practice every day. You see the same looks. They're running the same defense. You know who's blitzing. So when you go against a different team, it's a different defense. You're facing guys you don't know. You don't know what twists, what games they like to run. So you need to work. I mean, you need to work on your ET stunts. You need to work on your zone blocking scheme. You need to work on with linemen passing off the ET, the TE stunt. For people who don't know, that's the tackle end twist, the end tackle twist. So you need to work on your technique, make sure your hands are good, and, and just see how you fare against uh, somebody else that's trying to beat you and come hard and play. So you need to get the work in. You need to get the work in. You're not there to, to fight. So I wouldn't say you're there to fight. Just like just like what the Saints and uh, Patriots did. They said we're not going to have any fighting, and if you get the fight, you're going to get cut, and uh, they didn't have any fighting. So I think the league will uh, address this this offseason, and uh, you'll probably see some guys that will be getting fined if they get in the fight and they, and they catch them doing something uh, next year. You'll probably see some hefty fines, and uh, that'll probably end it. We're talking to Hall of Famer Willie Rope. And, Willie, the other day, RG3 came out and said, you know what, I'm the best quarterback in the league. Let, let me read you his quotes. I don't think I feel like I have to come out here and show anybody anything or why I'm better than this guy or better than that guy. It's more about going out and affirming that for me. I go out and I play. I know I'm the best quarterback on this team. I feel like I'm the best quarterback in the league, and I have to go out and show that. I have to go out and show that. So, your thoughts on those comments by RG3? Um, RG3 had a good rookie year, but he was doing a lot of running around some that year. He still is learning how to play the position. You know, he was hurt the next year. He's been in and out the lineup. So RG3 is still trying to figure out how to be a pro. You know, he got away with some stuff that first year off of athletic ability, but RG3 has to learn how to be a pro. And, learn, and, and you can't make these statements. You can't do it. Because all you're doing is putting pressure on yourself. And then you have guys in the locker room uh, uh, that don't like him, probably don't like his attitude anyway. So when he says these statements, he's got backlash at work because people don't want to hear about it. And then you got these other two quarterbacks that are just going out and playing. And and I'm sorry, Paul. I you know, I don't want to say this, but it really looked like those guys weren't blocking as well for him. It looked like they just weren't blocking. I mean, they, they, this kid is getting killed out here. I'm worried about him because he's taking too many shots, just like David Clark took when he first got down to real high of uh, this pretty Texas. I mean, when you get sacked like, like he's getting hit, I mean, that one, the one time, uh, at the, end the, the one when he got hurt, he just dropped the ball. I think he was already, he was already had a concussion and he was already with himself because he just dropped the ball. But it, it, it looked bad, man. This kid can't, you, you know, he's taking some clean shots, you know, and then you get somebody behind you and your head bounces off of him and hits the ground. I mean, that kid has gotten, gotten pounded the last few years and I'm worried about him, but, 
you know, how, how, how does the line, I know that some of those guys left the game, but how does RG3 look like he don't have no protection and he goes out and the other quarterbacks look like they're, they're, they're blocking? I don't, I, I don't understand it, but it didn't look good, man. It didn't, it didn't look like he had any time to set up. And, and once you, you know, once you, I'm sorry, once you get to the point where you get hit like that, Paul, then you get happy feet and you, you think it, but it, 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 he just dropped the ball. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but the kid, the kid wants to get, I know he wants to get paid. He's putting pressure on himself to, to have a good year. He just needs to worry about playing football and stop talking to the media. He talks too much. And he comes across as arrogant, not confident. Because he says things, and he's 5-15 and 15 in, the la- in his last 20 games. I heard Stephen uh, 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 A. I mean, you're 5-15 in your last 20 starts. So you're not the best in the league, and you aren't playing well. You know, this isn't college football. This is the NFL. And, and, and um, you, know, he, uh, you know, I hope he had a good year, but, you know, I mean, and I, and I know Trent Williams wasn't playing in that game, but, Right. It just looked like they was, the guy was just running free. Yeah, I mean, he took he took a beating last night. Do you think he, uh, especially after that hit by Levy, uh, the the uh, linebacker really drilled him? Yeah. I thought at that point, like, that's enough. You're done. This is preseason. Our line is not right. Yeah, take him out the game. Yeah. Yeah, take him out. And then and then and then and then uh, and then, uh, and then after after he got drilled by the linebacker, they were kind of backed up. And the left tackle, I guess the left tackle thought he, I don't know if he thought he had the linebacker that was standing in the gap. When the linebacker drops, well, he just lets the defensive end go. And then he tried to turn and catch him late. But, you know, you know, you're getting this guy killed. This is your friend. If, this is, if, if you don't know whether this is going to be your franchise quarterback or not, I don't care if Dan Snyder has to call from the booth upstairs. Take him out the game. Your left tackle ain't playing. Take him out. If you respect this guy and you think he's going to be your starting quarterback, he shouldn't have been in that game after that hit. Like you said, if I'm the head coach and I'm looking at this kid out here getting hit like this, take him out the game. If I'm really worried about him being being that weak one and I really care about this kid being able to play in the fall and ready to start the season, he shouldn't be in the damn game. I'm sorry, Paul. He should have been out before he got drilled like that. The left For tackle's sure. not playing. Take him out. I agree. I mean, at that point, preseason game. Unless you're trying to sabotage it. Unless you're trying to sabotage him, which it does look like it's a sabotage, take him out the game. And We've I mean, before, we saw, we, saw, we saw it with who? With Donovan McNair when he got to Washington. Take him out the game. Go ahead. I mean, it's, it's hard for me to say sabotage, but at the same time, I think you can make a case for it based off of what we saw last night. I don't necessarily – I can't – Go completely there, but I think a case definitely could be made for you know him being sabotaged from the standpoint that again the the beating that he took it was it was a, I mean six he was hit six times out of his eight dropbacks so he dropped back eight times and eight uh, six of those times he was hit so that 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 should be enough there where like you know mercy mercy rule you know throwing the towel okay 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 okay. After that happened, when the other guys got in there, they were blocking better. They were blocking for the other quarterbacks. The other quarterbacks, look at the stats. They were like, I mean, they were, both of them were almost perfect. Look at, tell me what the stats for Cousins and other quarterbacks were. Let me see. Let's look at it last night. 
the Washington Redskins, Detroit Lions last night, Kirk Cousins. Let's take a look at Cousins. Cousins was 8 for 12, 91 yards, one touchdown. He was not sacked at all. Colt McCoy was not sacked at all as well. RG3 sacked three times last night. Hit three other times. Took a beating. Took a beating last night. Big time beating. Savage beating. So, I mean. Okay. That's all I said. They wanted to sack. So, you know, and a, and a couple of times, like you said, when that lot, a couple of those times, when he stood in there, I mean, he got cracked by that linebacker. Nobody touched him. He didn't have time to set up. I mean, it's, that's ridiculous. Like I said, and then the other time, the, the Taco left the defensive end, come up field, then he turns out there. He's already beat. And then the next play after that, RG3 went to step up to the right, then he just dropped the ball. He was done. He was already done. He was out on his feet. He was out on his feet trying to play ball. It's the preseason. <laughs> it's the preseason. He shouldn't play no more. I think, well, this. we know he's not playing this week. But, you know, now the pressure's on him. If he doesn't play, these other guys play well, then everybody's going to be calling for his head. So, if I'm him, I'm hurt. I ain't playing, I ain't playing the next two games. I'll see you week one. You'll judge me off how I play week one. I'll practice a little bit, but I'm not playing no more until the regular season starts. I have to take that whooping. Let me ask you this. Do you think RG3 will ever be the same? I don't think he, I don't know if he'll ever be the same, but if he, if he is, it'll be, it'll be on another team. He's got to get out of Washington. Okay. And it does he's got to like get out of Washington. He's got to get with a, with a coach to watch the quarterback is going to put a system around. He's going to have to learn how to throw the ball more, read the defenses better, and and and, give, and run up run an offense that, that, that suited to him that he can read it. He needs to change the scenery, and they, I think I think they both they both need to part ways after this year. I think RG RG three needs to change, um, and uh, I don't know if he'll ever be the same because David David Carr never was the same, uh, guys. You know, if you study Peyton Manning and, and look at look at um, uh, uh, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady and uh, these guys get rid of the ball. You got to get rid of the ball. You you can't hold the ball. You know, I'm not, but I'm saying he didn't have time to get rid of the ball last night. But what, if you want to be successful and play in the league a long time, you can't get sacked like that. You got to get rid of the ball. For sure. And last night he took a beating. He didn't really get. I mean, he took a big time beating last night. Hopefully, RG three ultimately can be the same moving forward. Willie, pleasure talking to you, man. Nothing but the best of luck. Let's do it again. Thank you for having me. Hall of Famer Willie Rofe, talking RG three, talking training camp fights. Should be interesting to see what happens. Will RG three ever be the same? When we come back. We're going to be joined by one of the stars of Born Again Virgin, R&B star Tank. You're listening to Go For It on Blog Talk Radio. Okay. Hey, what up? It's Corey Almeida, a.k.a. Corey Live, host of Picturica on the Hub and warm-up host for American Idol and Dancing with the Stars. And right now, you are listening to Go For It on Blog Talk Radio with my man, Paulie G and Jeremy. Get it! And we're back. 
Go for blogtalkradio.com. Paul Gain here talking sports, having fun doing it. I'm bringing a guy now doing big things on TV One's hit show, Born Again Virgin. This guy's got a new album coming out as well. So a lot of great things going on with Tank. Let's bring him in now. One of the stars of Born Again Virgin, R&B star, the one, the only, Tank. Tank, how are you, man? Man, I'm good. How are you doing, brother? Doing well. Thanks for joining us. Yes, sir. Doing big things now, Tank, with Born Again Virgin on TV One. For those who have not seen it, tell them what they're missing. Man, they're, they're missing out on celibacy. Man, I mean, you know, that's a hot topic. <laughs> Keeping it to yourself. Hold on to it, you know. And, uh, you know, it's, it's funny because we're in such an age where, you know, sex is the first thing sold, and here we have a show, you know, dedicated to a woman deciding that, you know, she's going to she's gonna keep it to herself, you know, and, and take her life in that area. For sure, here, for here sure. Comes temptation. Here comes this lawyer guy and all of this other cool stuff, me, uh, tempting her. But, you know, at the same time, understanding what it is. And so it's a cool little journey that everybody needs to tune in 10 o'clock uh, every Wednesday and just see how this thing unfolds, man. It's a really, really good show. For sure, for sure. And uh, let me ask you this. Would a guy like Tank wait for a woman? I, I definitely wait. I, I wait for any woman. You know what I mean? It's it all... It's all in how you value it, you know what I mean? I mean, for me, the relationship has to start off, you know, very mental and spiritual anyway, you know what I mean? If there's no connection in in terms of that, then we'll never, ever get to the sex part, you know what I mean? Because that, that's what makes it all the more better. For sure, for sure. And, and a guy like you, I mean, it's got to be pretty easy. You know, you got that ripped body. You got uh, you got the singing voice, man. It's got to be easy for you uh, uh, to, to to get to the body part. Um, you know what? I'm going to plead the fifth on that one. You know, I'm just going to say, you know, um, um, God has been good to me, and um, you know, I I I, uh, I take my time, and I, I love all the ladies that have supported me. Hallelujah. <laughs> for sure, for sure. We're talking to R&B star and one of the stars of Born Again Virgin, Tank. Now, now, Tank, let me ask you this, man. What kind of buzz are you receiving? What are the streets saying about this particular show? The streets love it. That's what's crazy, you know what I mean? And and it's funny because you expect women to respond, you know, because they're, you know, they're used to holding it. They can relate to this 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 character uh, that, that, that Danny Nicolet plays. And so... You know, but it's surprising. I got a lot of sellers that are hitting me like, man, I'm in that same position with one of my friends. You know what I'm saying? Or, right. you know, a homegirl is telling me to, to you know, to give her a minute, you know, so I'm trying to figure out where to draw the, the patience from. And, you know, kind of watching the show, you know, kind of gives people some insight, you know, on kind of how to go about it. So, you know, it, it's surprising because it's not talked about so much that when you finally – bring it to the forefront, how many people have so much to say about it. So the, the streets is talking, man. It's, it's really good. And like you said, it's a timely topic, especially, you know, you've got a guy like Russell Wilson and Sierra and everything. So like you said, it is a, a very timely topic. And, and, and to your point, in today's world, with all that's out there, it's probably smart to just wait a while anyway. Man, it's so smart to wait. Man, please, Lord, wait. Lord, wait to you. Wait till you get some test results back. Some wait to 
<laughs> wait, wait to make sure you ain't got nobody uh, uh, videotaping you for the gram. I mean, just wait, just wait. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Let me ask you this now, and I know you're a big Mayweather guy. He's got a big fight coming up September 12th against Andre Berto. Mayweather goes 49 and 0. Yeah, without question. Mayweather no goes problem. 50, you know, Mayweather goes. Mayweather goes 55 and 0 if he would like to. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's all up to him. You know, I mean, we've we we have yet to see a gift like this. You know, I mean, in in, in our present time and even before. So, you know, I, I mean, I hope he stays around for a couple more fights. You know, so that we can you know, still be blessed, you know, to, to be able to see this, you know, in, in 4 or 5 D in person. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's, I, I won't say it's another day to park, but, you know, hard work is what he does. You know what I mean? It's second nature to him. You know, they don't train like him. They don't think like him. They don't fight like him. So they weren't built like him. It is what it is. Greatest of all time? Greatest of all time. Okay. And I'll tell you why. Because I don't reward I don't reward people that take breaks. Okay. I don't I don't I don't I mean if you're gonna talk about greatest and you wanna re- reward a person with flaws as the greatest, I think we have to redefine the word. When you say the best and the greatest, you're almost talking about a flawless individual. You know what I mean? When you say Michael Jordan, you talk about a guy who went to the championship how many times? Six times. Six and got how many rings? <laughs> so we're talking about flawless. We're talking about perfection. You understand what I'm saying? We're talking about no drinking, no smoking. You right. know what I mean? When it comes time to cut the women off, cut that off. Focus and train. If I got to train twice a day, if I got to, if I got to run three times a day, that's just what I'm, what I'm gonna do. Whether I'm fighting Andre Berto or whether I'm fighting Pacquiao, I'm going to train like it's my last fight. Like I'll never get to fight again. That's what I reward. That's what I think greatness is. We're talking to R&B star Tank. And let me ask you this. Now, there are many who question this fight. Many say, you know what, he should have fought maybe Amir Khan, maybe Keith Thurman, maybe Sean Porter, even Triple G. Your thoughts on that? For what? All of these fighters that they're naming have not fought fighters on his level. You know what I mean? They need to get past a Cotto. They need to get past an Alvarez. They need to get past a Pacquiao before they can talk about he should, they should be able to fight the greatest fighter ever. Fight the okay. some other fighters that are above your level. All these new guys, they're going to get exposed, just like Camelo Alvarez got exposed. Okay, he's a great puncher. He's young. But he's not a boxer. He's not, he's not this guy. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. every, everybody's just talking. Everybody, all these people that are saying that are just people that, that, that want to see him lose and think that these people have a punching chance. And they don't. They don't at all. You know, Berto has experience. Berto, Berto has been a champion. You know what I mean? If anything, Berto has earned this opportunity more than any of those young guys. Any of them. Better than Khan and Thurman, guys who have fought some, some pretty good guys over the past few Who has Thurman fought? Who has Thur- Thurman fought? Robert Guerrero, same guy Mayweather fought. Come on. Come on. The Ghost, are you serious? Come on, bro. Come on, bro. <laughs> Amir Khan. Amir Khan had some decent victories. Devin Alexander was a decent who? victory. Amir Khan has decent victories against who? Has Devin Alexander. Cotto? Has he fought Cotto? Has he fought Pacquiao? He hasn't. He hasn't. He beat Maidana huh? as well. He beat Maidana as well. Huh? 
Who? <laughs> Amir Khan. Maidana's horrible. Come on, man. Give me some real fighters. Maidana, I mean, gave, gave Floyd a tough fight the first time around. Top level. It's, it's Cotto, there's Pacquiao, there's Alvarez. If none of those guys that you're talking about have fought those guys and won, it's, the conversation is null and void. Okay. The conversation, right. May, Mayweather is the monster at the end of the game, not in the middle. So you end of the game. When you, so you, I, when you finally beat all the levels, then you get to fight Mayweather. Okay. So you, you would like to see him. I mean, he's 38 years old. I, I know you said you would like to see him stick around for, to fight three, four, five more fights? I mean, I just know he can. You know what I mean? Okay. I, don't want, I don't want it to end. I love going to Mayweather fights. I love <laughs> going to Mayweather training camp. I love, I love you know, being inspired by that. You know, I'm a you know, I'm a, I'm a gym junkie. I'm a gym rat. Right. When every time I go see him in the gym, I feel like I'm not doing nothing with my life. I go back <laughs> and I rededicate myself to the class. You know what I mean? And I'm okay. gonna miss that. I'm gonna miss that, bro. And and two years ago I remember you, you talked about Canelo Alvarez. You did the national anthem. I mean, how honored were you to do yep. that? I mean that had to be a good good thing for you. It was it was a blessing, man. You know, Chad looked out for me. And, you know, he kept his word. You know, he said, I got you. I'm going I'm to I'm take care of you on this one. And he said that even before the fight was signed was signed on. He was like, I got you on the next one. And he took care of me, period, point blank. And he always has. So, you know, shout out to Mayweather for that and the team. And, um, you know, we're going to get this next one, man. You know, um, Bert, I know Berto, you know what I'm saying, a cool, super cool guy. I have nothing, I have nothing bad to say about Berto. Nothing, nothing bad to say about Booker. Booker was a good guy, man. And you know, it's 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 gonna it's gonna be a cool fight. But you know, I got Mayweather winning. Yeah, and most definitely, he definitely uh, should win that fight. We're talking to R and B star Tank, and one, he's also one of the stars of Born Again Virgin on TV One, Aaron, each and every Wednesday at ten o'clock p.m. Eastern on TV One. We got some new music coming: Sex, Love, and Pain Two coming. Oh. I, I, I thought you were done with the music. I thought you were done, but you're, you're coming. Yeah, no, I never said I was done with music. You got to read, read it the right way. You know, it, it, I said, I said this might be my last whistle on okay. the last okay. album that I put out. And you know, you have to identify with the times. You have to identify with where you are with evolution. And the thing that we're noticing is, you know, I did a, I did an R&B album with live instruments. You know what I mean? Horns, drums, bass guitar, you know what I mean, flute for that matter. You know what I mean? Like this is this is supposedly quote unquote the real music. This is the you know what I mean, the, it don't get no realer than this. And this is the live streams and orchestra. Like if this can't fail, can't nothing fail. Okay. And what you realize is that the quote unquote real R and B listener is not is not is not jumping you know, jumping out of their living room, running to the store to to, to not grab these albums off the shelves, you know what I mean? I mean, I can give a list of us who constantly do this real R&B work from from my from myself to uh, Anthony Hamilton to mm-hmm. you know I, I can keep going on and on. And right. you know we move you know we move a few units, but you don't see us going gold and going platinum. And that's just letting you know where the climate is. You know what I mean? The music that is moving. Is, is moving music or even moving singles for that matter is moving a lot faster and moving on a different page. It's unfortunate that our music 
is you know always played on stations with you know with smaller bandwidth and and always being promoted on the blogs that don't have that many uh, don't doesn't don't reach that many people or you know it's unfortunate because we used to be the mainstream. Love used to be the thing that was in charge. You know what I mean? You couldn't. You used to when when a song came on with obscenities. You know, a a, a, a program director at a radio station said, "No, I'm not playing this filth on my station. No way." You know what I mean? You know, in a, in a time where it was all about integrity. You know what I mean? That's that's when we ruled. We're not in that space anymore. We're not. So we got to find a way to 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 roll our love and our integrity up into a package where where the people of this time can receive it. And that's part of the business of music, understanding how to continue to sell yourself even in an evolving market and evolving climate. And so that's just what I had to do. I, you know, I had my moment where I complained about it because I was upset. I, I put right. a lot of work into that dog on album. A whole lot of work. And that's what you asked me for. All the R&B singers, songwriters, producers, listeners, everybody said, we want some real R&B. And you finally put it on the table and said, there it is. And they look at them like, it looks good. It looks good. It looks real good. Well, is somebody going to pick it up? You know what? I'm going to come back and get it. I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back. I promise you. And so that's like this point. You ask me for this, and then I give it to you, and you don't do nothing with it. For sure. Well, you know what? I got you. I got you. I'm a, you know what? At the end of the day, I have to do what's right for Tank. Right. You know what I mean? I, I got to do what's right for Tank. I got to do what's right for my family. And, you know, for me, I'm competitive. I don't lose. I don't like to do it at nothing. And so, you know, SLP2 is me competing at a very high level. Okay. Okay. There's a little Mayweather in you. <laughs> a lot of Mayweather. Fuck. Right. Right. I mean, and that's, that's, that's a good thing. I mean, obviously, you know, you want to, like you said, you got to change with the times. And I know you said it bothered you a little bit, but is it almost, I'm just, you know, Correct me if I'm wrong, but is it basically it is what it is? You you got to do what you got to do to not necessarily sell albums, but to to appeal to a younger generation or a different generation. It's both to appeal okay. to a new uh, a young generation of R&B and to sell albums. This right. is a business. You know what I mean? This is there's a bottom line here. You know, R&B money is my label. If if no record took sold then R&B money ceases to exist. There's no reason for R&B money if there's no money being generated by R&B money. For sure. No, we have to get it. For sure, for sure. And, and hopefully you'll get it uh, this year, man, when you bring out SLP2, man. That, that should be very exciting. Yeah, I'm looking forward, looking forward to it, man. I mean, like you said, uh, let's keep the R&B coming, man. Keep that R&B coming. I love R&B. Can I make a couple babies to this album? Possibly. You can make you, you listen. You can make some babies to this album. I I have some moments where you know you just gonna have to stay there and and okay. roll the dice. You don't have to lay in there and you know and just, just let it let it flow. You know, just you know let let the Lord dictate whether it's gonna be a boy or a girl. You know, you just gotta you know. Get it. I got a few of those moments for you. Okay. All right. I'm definitely looking forward to that one. Let me ask you this now. And, and you know, Floyd, your boy Floyd Mayweather, he had a top five uh, all-time boxers. You got a top five all-time R&B singers? Top five? Top five. Yeah. 
Top five. Yeah, I, I, I do. I do have a top five. Um, I'm gonna start with my number one. My number one all-time R&B singer. Like, and you know, I have to give it to this guy because he stood the test of time. Like, no other R&B artist I've, I've probably ever seen, and that would be Charlie Wilson. Okay. Charlie Wilson is the number one. Like he, like, I mean, Charlie Wilson to get on the stage right now and burn up ninety-eight percent of the R&B singers singing right now. Burn all. He did, right, and, and he did in two different eras. God, that's what I'm trying to tell you. And he up there dancing. <laughs> he dancing too. Okay. He had surgery on his back. He wasn't supposed to be doing nothing, and he on stage with a back brace on, going full out. I can't nothing stop me. <laughs> Charlie Wilson is that guy. Okay? All right. So, um, Charlie at one. My number, my, my number two, my number two, and these, my number two and my number three are kind of a tie, but, you know, if I got to put it in an order, it would be Babyface. would be my number okay. two. All right. And Babyface, Babyface was the defining moment for me in R&B where there was actually music that I could actually sing because I was a church boy, you know what I mean? Okay. And so, you know, for me, if I was, you know, if I was going to be able to play anything in the house or listen to it, like it had to be, you know, of a different type of quality. And Babyface had, had the most awesome music with the most amazing content. And it was, it was for everybody. You know what I'm saying? The sure. kids could listen to it. The entire family could listen to that music. And I remember being in high school, young kid in high school, and girls would say, "Sing something, Darrell," and I would sing Babyface. I would sing, "Where would you, where, where would you go?" I would sing, "As soon as I get home from work." You know what I'm saying? I would sing, "Whistlepill." You know what I mean? Like those, those were those moments. You know, for sure. Um, and then cut to my number three, which would have to be R. Kelly. Okay. You know, R. Kelly, R. Kelly taught me, uh, he taught me the edge of R&B. You know what I mean? R. Kelly was the singer that came with, like, with, like, edge to him. You know what I'm saying? He was the first R&B singer where you didn't know if he was, if he was an R&B singer or, or if he was a drug dealer. You didn't know what was going on. You didn't even know if he was a hit man, if it was goons or what. You know what I mean? And he presented that edge that, you know, that R&B needed, you know what I mean, to compete with everything else that was coming out, you know what I mean? And he kind of helped save the day for us. So, you know, our Kelly uh, was that guy, was that guy for me. Okay. Sure. Um, number four is going to be Marvin Gaye. Okay. Marvin Gaye is my number four. You know, I didn't grow up on Marvin Gaye, but, you know, I would listen to old recordings of Marvin Gaye. I would find all the albums I bought. I even bought the Big Band album that most people don't know about. You know, people don't know that, you know, Marvin really wanted to be Frank Sinatra. Like, he just he thought Frank Sinatra was the, was the greatest thing ever. And so he recorded a Big Band album that his label didn't really, you know, um, take too much liking to. But, you know, Marvin Gaye has a moment on a song called Distant Lover on the live recording. And when they were doing the intro and he was talking and you know sometimes you know you know when your heart is lonely you just feel and then the a, a girl screamed so crazy at that moment 
it gave me chills. You know what I mean? It right. gave me chills, and I've been searching my whole career for that moment where my song comes on and a woman screams like that woman screamed on Marvin Gaye's Distant Lover Live recording. I'm still waiting and searching for that moment, okay? All right? And if we're going to go to number five, number five is a tough one. Um, How about Tank at five? No, 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 not yet. Not yet. Okay. It's too okay. early. It's too early. Tank, Tank got a lot more work to do. Right. Whole, whole, whole lot more work to do. Um, um, you know what? I'm probably going to have to go with Al Green. Okay. I'm probably going to have to go with Al Green because Al Green was going through the same thing that, you know, I was going through a lot in my career. You know what I mean? It's it's the battle of of the tricks in the world. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's trying to figure out where I'm going to be. You know what I mean? Lord, I love you, but... Boy, I get out here on this on the stage and you're going to start screaming, Lord, you got to give me some time when to figure this out. And, uh, you know, out, out green, I mean, his, of course, his music is just timeless. And, you know, he combined. You know, I got to I gotta kind of tie two of those people in for my number five on the accident. He's kind of like a, a Al Green um, slash, um, um, slash Ray. Okay. Yeah, okay. I got to throw Ray in there. I got to throw Ray Charles in there, man, because, I mean, just he, he brought that gospel to the army world so crazy, and Al Green was just, those guys were both doing the same thing. You know what I mean? They were church boys just like me, but mm-hmm. they were just singing from their souls, man. You know what I'm saying? And and they kind of gave me the ammunition to say, you know what, I can, I can sing it like I feel it. You know, it may sound spiritual, but... That's just because it is. When you're dealing with a woman, it is rich. It just is. You know what I'm saying? You got to reach down to the depths of her soul to make her understand what kind of man you are, where you coming from, how solid you are, how much you need her. That's what that is. No doubt. No doubt. Let, let me ask you this. I, I'm looking at your top five, Charlie Wilson, Babyface, or Kelly, Marvin Gaye, Al Green, Slash, Ray Charles, Ronald Isley. Mm-hmm. Nowhere is he in your top ten at least, Ronald Isley. Uh, <laughs> I gotta give him in terms of longevity. He has to be in my top ten. He has yeah. to be in my top ten. I can't. If we were doing the top ten, Ron Isley would get in there because you know that falsetto thing right there. That's what I do well. You know what I mean? Right. And I, I stole a lot of licks from from that guy right there. I definitely okay. actually did. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let me ask you this now. You you talked about being a church boy and everything. What was was it was it a little bit of a conflict for you kind of making love music and, and coming from the church? Was it a conflict for you as you were making your music? It was at first. There was I was I was um I was very conflicted, you know, because I just didn't understand what it was. You know, it took a while for me to settle in to what God had done for me. Mm-hmm. You know, because they don't, you know, it, it, it's tough, but the church is, it, the church can be a strange place. You know what I mean? Where they teach you how God, sometimes they teach you that God only blesses you in one area. And, 
you know, if it doesn't conform with the traditional ways of doing things, then that's not God doing it. And it's like, wow, that's crazy because, you know, only thing that I'm doing is I'm, I'm singing about my life, the life that I'm living. Okay. You know what I mean? And songs like Maybe I Deserve or Please Don't Go, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm appealing to men who messed up, you know what I mean, right. and done wrong and trying to figure out ways to get their woman back. And, you know, I, I don't see where that's wrong. You know, I sing a song about, you know, can I make love to you? Yeah, I, I want to make love to my woman. I, yes, but where, where is that wrong? You know what I mean? And I'm put in a position where my gifts are making room for me, where I'd be able to go all over the world and sing and, and make money and meet new people and take care of my family. Now, what, what I soon realized is that it wasn't the position that God had put me in that was wrong. It was how I would sometimes use that position. Okay. And therein, I began to settle in into what it really was. You know, this is a gateway to a lot of bad things. The drugs, the womanizing, the love of the money, the everything. It's a gateway to it. But this, this isn't the curse. It's what you do with it that, that can make it, um, that can make it good or bad. And so once I learned that, you know what I mean? I was, I was, I was comfortable. I, uh, okay. I, I made peace. With you know, with, with the blessing. This is a blessing. What I do is a blessing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it definitely has. You know, you like you said, traveled the world, made a decent amount of money, took care of your family. So for sure, at the end of the day, is most definitely is a blessing. You talked about please don't go. You know, every time there was a story a couple of years ago, me and my wife driving the car, and every time we we seemed to get in an argument, that song would come on, and she actually pointed it out. Like uh, every time we get in an argument, that song comes on. And so, you know, kind of got, got, got me thinking a little bit. So, you know, your, def- your music definitely has spoken to me. Yeah, that was the, that was the Lord sending the, sending the signal. <laughs> and, hey, he does, stick around. <laughs> <laughs> he does speak in mysterious ways. That's right. <laughs> Fans, make sure you support this man. Make sure you check him out on Twitter, at The Real Tank. Also, hit him up on his website, therealtank.com, and make sure you check him out. Check him out each and every Wednesday night on TV One, 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern, Born Again Virgin, my man here, Tank. When's the album coming? Uh, coming in December, single coming in, single coming in this week, actually. Featuring okay. Wale, you don't know. <laughs> so single this week, make sure you guys check it out. And make sure you get this album come December and support all the great things going on with Tank. Tank, pleasure talking to you, man. Wish you nothing but the best of luck moving forward. Let's do this again. Yes, sir. Tank, pleasure talking to him. You know, wish Tank nothing but the best of luck. New album coming out, single out uh, this week. Single's kind of hot. I like it. And uh, new album's coming in December. Um, you know, he's still doing big things, Born Again Virgin, each and every Wednesday, 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern, on TV One. Support all the great things going on with Tank. He's doing big things. Big, 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 big things. So you look at, and let's go now to, let's go to the story in college football. Actually, you know what? Let's go to Daryl Bevel. Um, you know, Daryl Bevel. In his whole situation, um, you know, he, he was the offense coordinator 
who made the decision, made the call to uh, to uh, throw the ball down there at the goal line where you had the best back, best one of the best goal line backs, one of the best backs in football, Marshawn Lynch, beast, beast mode. He was revved up. He was beasting. And you decided to throw the football. Well, Daryl Bevel says today, you know what? No regrets. No regrets whatsoever about throwing the football in that particular situation. I don't know how you don't have regrets. I, I, I don't know how you don't have regrets in that particular situation when the play blew up on you. I don't know how you don't have any regrets when you have one of the best backs in football, Marshawn Lynch. I don't know how you don't have regrets when that play caused you the Super Bowl. Now, people say, well, it's not healthy to regret, have regrets. Sure it is. There's certain things that you need to regret. So you make sure you won't do it again. And Daryl Bevel, next time you're at the goal line, next time you have Marshawn Lynch available to you, make sure you hand the football off to him. Make sure you do the right thing. So you should have regrets. You should have regrets. Come on. And don't get me wrong. Malcolm Butler made a heck of a play. But Malcolm Butler should never have been put in that position to make that heck of a play. Marshawn Lynch should have gotten the football in that particular situation. Should have gotten the football. You know, Bevel said, talk to Peter King, Monday morning quarterbacks, Peter King. Quote, it's never going to leave you. That play we called will always be there to drive me. I wouldn't change it. I think it was the right thing. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Don't lie. Stop lying. I mean, you know, it's always good sometimes to support the things that you do, support your decisions, whether they're fair, whether they're right, whether they're wrong, whether they're unfair. Sometimes it's okay to support your decisions. But also, there are also times in life where you got to say, you know what? I messed up. I, 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 I messed up. And because I messed up, because I tried to get cute, guess what happened to me? Guess what happened to my team? We lost the Super Bowl. We could have went back to back. We could have been immortalized twice. Back-to-back championships. Marshawn Lynch could have been the MVP. May not have said much at the podium, but he would have been the MVP. And maybe there's something to the rumors. You know, people speculate, hey, you know, they wanted Russell Wilson to be the face of that Super Bowl. There was speculation. You know, I, I, I don't believe it. At the end of the day, if you got an opportunity to win the Super Bowl, I would think you would put yourself in position to do the right things in order for you to win that Super Bowl. They didn't do it. And because they didn't do it, Russell Wilson goes home without another ring. Marshawn Lynch, beast mode, doesn't get MVP. And everybody goes home. You know, you, you saw Richard Sherman and his reaction to that play. What happened? I mean, it was, it was I couldn't believe it. I, I'm watching and I can't believe they threw, the, they threw the football in that particular situation. They threw the football in any situation. In that particular situation, you decide to throw the football. Are you serious? Are you crazy? You have problems, Daryl Bevel. 
if you decided to throw the football in that particular situation. But you might even have more problems if you won't admit that it was the wrong play call. Just admit it. Just be a man about it and say, you know what, I made the wrong decision. And speaking of someone who may have made the wrong decision, J.R. Smith, well, he opted out, $6.4 million deal. He opted out thinking, well, trying to go on the free agent market and, and, and see what exactly he could be worth and what exactly he could get. Well, he went out, he struck out, and he went back home to Cleveland. Not his home, but it was his home last season. He decided to go back to Cleveland, be with LeBron and, 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 and the rest of the boys, and try to win a championship. You know what? He comes back, two-year deal, $10 million. Second year of the contract is a player option, so he can do the same thing again. He can decide, you know what? Let me opt out again. Maybe I can get some more money. But you look at J.R. Smith, and he had a great series against the Hawks. And, you know, he, he played well against the Atlanta Hawks. But as you went on to that next round, you played a better basketball team in the Golden State Warriors. And he was put in the position to do things that he's not meant to do. J.R. Smith is not meant to be your second scorer. He's just not. And, and he was your second scorer. He, he had to be the second scorer in that NBA final. Couldn't do it. Because he played a role that he just can't play. He's just, you can't, J.R. Smith is a streak shooter. He's the ultimate streaky guy. He can go 0 for 10 or 10 for 10. Just the way he is. Can you depend on J.R. Smith? Well, you look at the Knicks. Remember a couple of years back, Knicks uh, won the Atlantic Division, what, won 50 games. J.R. Smith came off the bench, won the six, year, six, uh, uh, six man of the year award came off the bench, performed well, was one of, the reasons, one of the reasons, in my opinion, that the Knicks were able to win, it, to win that division and ultimately go to the second round. He was a big reason for it. Following the year, he struggled. The team struggled. You can't depend on J.R. Smith. If you're dependent on J.R. Smith, you're in trouble. You know, he's, he does stupid things. He, you know, he, he does just dumb stuff, whether it's, it's with Jay Crowder in that situation where he got suspended a couple games. He just does stupid stuff. That's J.R. Smith for you. He just does dumb things. Now, let's get a working man's perspective on all these things, you know. We're going to get his take on Chip Kelly. Does he like black players or doesn't he? We're going to get, this, we're going to get a working man's perspective. We're going to get his perspective. What, what's he think about J.R. Smith? Let's bring him in. Hold on, let me let, one second as we get this uh, connection right. But we're going to bring him in at any moment now. This man is going to going to give us a working man's perspective, uh, 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 a layman's perspective on the world of sports, and you know what he thinks. If we can get him in now, we're just trying to get him in now. Give us one moment. But we're we're going to get his perspective on on some things that are out there here in a world of sports. Let's bring him in now, the working man, Donald Working Man Williams. Working man. Organic. What's going on? How are you? How are you? Doing great. Thanks for taking my call. Thanks for joining (laughs) us. Let me get right down to it. All right. J.R. Smith. J.R. Smith. Let's start with J.R. Smith. Two-year, $10 million deal. Opted out of a $6 million deal uh, to test the free agent market. 
No one bet. No one wanted him. Your thoughts on J.R. Smith coming back to the Cleveland Cavaliers? Well, as I was listening, you know, he kind of break J.R. Smith's game down. I mean, I don't disagree. J.R. Smith is not going to be your number two scorer, um, not on any NBA team that, you know, I see. I mean, J.R. Smith is about as streaky as it comes. You know, he, he like you said, he can shoot you into a game. He can also shoot you out. He did play great against Atlanta. He played exceptional. But for have, to have him continue that in the finals, I think that's too big of a stage for J.R. Smith. I think he's a, a great role player. I think LeBron needs a J.R. Smith. But, again, I don't think anyone was going to take the chance on J.R. Smith to be more than a guy that's going to, you know, a Jason Terry coming off the bench, giving you the points that you need when your starters aren't giving it to you. For sure. And you look at, like you said, J.R. Smith, and he just does dumb things. Dumb things. His basketball IQ is like a two. I mean, he just doesn't think. He just is, is just – he just flies off the handle sometimes. But to give J.R. Smith, just give Smith a little bit of credit, um, I think he's come a long way since he was earlier in his career. But as you get to this later stage, his mid to later stage of his career, he understands that, you know what, he can't do those dumb things anymore. He can't be that same guy. He has to be more of a locker room presence, you know, mentor some of the younger guys. I think he's good so at that. Me, I, think he can be, I think he can be better at that. But right let now, me ask you, go ahead. Well, let me ask you this. I mean, we we didn't see that last year. I mean, you saw you saw parts of that, but you saw stupid stuff too that J.R. Smith did. I mean, just the bad. Yeah, you're gonna have to take. You're gonna have to take the bill with the bad with J.R. Smith. Right. You're gonna have to take that. That guy can give you 40 points on any given night. You're gonna have to take some of the dumb things he does, or you can choose not to have him on your team. But I don't think Cleveland is in the position right now to to give up one of the better players in the league. He is still a top notch top-tier shooter in this basketball league. That's just the flat-out bottom line. I, and I, I mean, I, I'm okay with J.R. Smith coming with the Cavaliers. You've got LeBron who can keep him, keep him in order. You, you got him in a winning situation. Now, if I'm like a losing team, I want no parts oh, of yeah. J.R. Smith. But no, you're a winning team, you, you definitely are cool with J.R. Smith. Let's go to Daryl Bevel now. Daryl Bevel, uh, Seattle Seahawks offense coordinator. No regrets. You know, for, uh, you know, down at the goal line, opportunity to win the Super Bowl. Marshawn Lynch in your backfield. You decide to throw a pass. Picked off Malcolm Butler. Makes a sensational play. Should he have regrets? Because in my opinion, you got to have regrets. There sometimes in life you need to have regrets. He needs to have regrets, correct? Um, I have to agree with you again. You know, I don't really agree with you a lot. But here's <laughs> the thing about that. If you have Marshawn Lynch, you have less than one yard to gain, and it is second down. You give that man the ball two times in a row, you win the game, and then you celebrate. There's no reason why you put the ball in Russell Wilson's hands at that point. It really makes little sense. There's so many things that can go wrong. Hand off the snap could be, you know, botched. You know, the, obviously the pass was picked off. You just give right. him the ball, you go home, you win. That's it. And they, they decided to put the hand, to put the ball in the hands of Russell Wilson. Well, listen, he's, gonna, he's also going to say, you know, you know, he has no regrets because he doesn't want to second-guess himself. And I get that. But here's the thing. Just be real. You should have, you made a bad call. For sure. Terrible call. That, Terrible for sure. call. And the, the proof is in the pudding. We all know what happened. Tom Brady wins another one. Let me ask you this now. And, and Chip Kelly, you're, you're a Philadelphia guy. You love the Philadelphia Eagles. You're a lifelong Philadelphia Eagles fan. Chip Kelly, you know, there, there's been talks. Now, you know, there's been some rumblings. Trey Thomas said some things about Chip Kelly and race. Uh, LaShawn McCoy 
said some things about Chip Kelly and race. Brandon Boykin said some things, then backtracked a little bit about Chip Kelly and race. In my opinion, I don't know how you can be a, a coach in the NFL, which is 60 70% African-American, and be a racist at the same time. It would almost be counterproductive. Now, could you – I think Chip – and I'm, I'm going to make a religious comparison. Chip, like God, God built people in his image. And I believe Chip Kelly wants to build his team in his image. Your thoughts no on doubt. that? No doubt. I mean, definitely I believe green. And, you know, to hear these things about your head coach, I mean, it's kind of disheartening. But I'm going to say this. This man came from Oregon. He recruited tons of African-American players. He's been in their homes. You know, he's probably had tons of meals, trips, you name it. There's always been African-American players on every single team that he's ever coached. I, have, I find it hard to believe that he would be a racist, I just think that he does not like certain personalities on his team. And he weeded out the people that he didn't want for whatever reason, right or wrong. I mean, I don't know. I'm not in the locker room. But I can say that from my perspective, I don't want to see him as that, and I don't think that he is. That's just my opinion. No, yeah, to your point, I mean, again, you've got to sell your program. You've got to go into guys' houses. You know, you've got to do all those things, and and I don't think – he is that guy. I just think he's control, control freak. I just think he likes things done his way. And, you know, I guess there's really nothing wrong with that if you, if it works. But we'll see if it works. I mean, Sam Bradford is the quarterback. Yeah, Sam Bradford is the quarterback. Defensively, I, I love what the Philadelphia Eagles did. I, I like that defense. I, I was impressed by what I saw. I know it's preseason against the Colts, but the defense looked pretty good. Now, it look, my it, question. It looked like it could stop the run. It looked like it could sure. stop the run. For sure. My question, though, here's my question when it comes to the Philadelphia Eagles. Your quarterback. You know, your your quarterback. Uh, I mean, a guy who's been injured a lot, injured in college with the shoulder. Two ACL injuries. I mean, I know I know that's your teammate. I know that's your your quarterback. That's, that's but my quarterback. I mean, I mean, I mean, come on. Are you nervous about Sam Bradford? Because I know I am. Because it, to me, it's a lot of question marks with Sam Bradford? A, can he stay healthy? And B, is he really that good? I have to say that he's not my quarterback yet. I have yet to see Sam Bradford take one snap in practice or in a game. Um, I'm waiting to see, you know, the, the word is, I mean, the jury's still out on Sam Bradford in my mind. Hopefully we found a diamond in the rough, a Kurt Warner, if you will. But until <laughs> he takes a snap and he throws the ball 40 yards downfield, and we score a touchdown, I don't know what this guy can do. And, I mean, and at the end of it, I mean, we, you know, he's done seven-on-sevens, and reports are from training camp that he's been balling out, or, you know, playing well, but it's training camp. you got the red jersey on. It's not live. It's not real. You know what I mean? So we're going to see, hopefully tomorrow, that he play. Hopefully he plays tomorrow. We'll see how he handles, you know, live football, and then if he can be the guy. Here's the thing. I look at and not I wasn't a big Nick Foles guy, but I have to say I mean when Nick Foles was was running the team the team had a decent record I believe they were six and two at the time before he went down um, you know he he was playing he wasn't playing great but he was playing good enough for them to win now again I'm not a Nick Foles guy but I, I feel like you know what I think Nick Foles at this point in time if, if we're comparing careers I would say Nick Foles 
has done more than Sam Bradford. I would have to agree with that. I mean, Nick Foles, you know, his numbers were off the charts two years ago. I mean, he had some injury problems last year, but I don't think Chip gave him a fair shake. I would rather see Nick Foles and Sam Bradford. Like I said, I have yet to see what Sam Bradford can do. Hopefully he can, you know, be great. But like I said, we need to find out. Nick Foles, I'm a Nick Foles guy. I thought that Nick did a great job. Most definitely. He most definitely did a great job. Uh, uh, the 27-2 season was great. Last season, he, you know, he had some turnover issues, and ultimately he was injured. But, two, you know, in talking about Nick Foles, you know, uh, a part of your ability is your availability. And over the past couple of seasons, you know, he's had some issues with availability. But I, I think at the end of the day, Sam Bradford has had more issues with availability than Nick Foles, and we'll see what happens. As a whole, you like what the Philadelphia Eagles did in this offseason, the McCoy trade, Kinko Alonzo's in, you know, Byron Maxwell's in, Nolan Carroll's going to be a starter there, uh, Walter Thurman's going to be a, your safety. You like Evan Mathis is gone, you know, Jeremy Macklin is gone, you got Nelson Aguilar who shows some things against the Colts, but as a whole, you like what the Philadelphia Eagles did in the offseason? It was radical, it was different. Yeah, I think that, you know, Chip wants to do what Chip wants to do. I think that Chip has certain, you know, players that he likes at certain positions. He likes big corners, okay? That's great. He loves, you know, linebackers that can, you know, guard running backs out of the backfield. Cool. I think we did a great job, you know, Kiko Alonzo. I don't know about his health right now. I heard he got banged up a little bit in training camp. We'll have to see about that. But I would have to give him a B, a B-plus until we see what Bradford can do. Because if Bradford's great, then Chip, you know, he pulled one off. He's, he's smarter than everyone else, and like I said, we're going to just have to wait and see. It's going to be fun. If Sam Bradford is the truth and he does ball out, then this I'm giving an A++ to this offseason because that, to me, is the key to this offseason, whether or not Sam Bradford can be an, a, a, a franchise quarterback in this league, and time will be the judge of that. Let's get you out on this. Ronda Rousey. And we're talking to the working man, Donald Williams, Donald working man, Williams. Let me get you out on this. We've heard a lot of talk, Ronda Rousey and Floyd Money Mayweather. At first, Mayweather said he didn't know who he was. And now, you know, Ronda Rousey came back out of him. They're going back and forth. Who would win in a fight, Ronda Rousey or Floyd Mayweather? You know, I've had some debates in my own household with coworkers about this subject. You know, at the end of the day, Ronda Rousey is maybe 134, 35 pounds. Um, Floyd Mayweather fights at about 154, between 154 and 160. I just feel that at his stature and being a world-class, not just a world-class, the best pound-for-pound fighter that probably ever was, I think that it's going to be very tough for Ronda Rousey to be Floyd Mayweather. Getting him on the ground is going to be a task in of itself. I think if he hits her with a couple of shots, she's not a, she's not a world class boxer. Now she has to get him on the ground. She gets him on the ground, arm bar. I mean, who knows then? But I think getting him on the ground is probably going to be a tougher task than most people think. I know there's a lot of women, you know, out there and you know MMA fighters that may say, you know what, she's an all around fighter. She would kill him. I just don't see that happening. That's just my own opinion. And I think in a fight, Ronda Rousey beats him. In a boxing match, I, I believe Floyd Mayweather beats her. I mean, 
anyway, I mean, we, we've seen over the years that Floyd really does not have a problem hitting women. I mean, that's something we've seen <laughs> over the past few years when it comes to Floyd Mayweather. So maybe he would enjoy possibly fighting a Ronda Rousey. I don't know. But I mean, I don't think he would ever know, take that fight. I don't think he would ever that? take that fight. I think there's too much risk in him taking that fight. I don't think he would ever take that fight. No, I don't, I don't think it would ever happen. But it would be interesting to see. It's I would love to see it. But, I mean, and, and not, not to, you know, Floyd Mayweather, you know, I, I feel like sometimes, you know, a lot of people, I, I don't know a lot of people get on him for some of the domestic abuse, domestic abuse situations and all that. But I, I'll say this, and when it comes to sports, and this is the way I feel, I want to get your take on this before we get out of here. I feel like, you know what, appreciate the art, appreciate what they bring to the table. Everybody's flawed. He's a flawed man. There's a lot of flawed men playing sports. Enjoy what he brings to the table. Enjoy his art. And, you know, he may not be a good person, but there's a lot of people out here who really are not good people. So at the end of the day, it is what it is. Enjoy the art. Your thoughts? You know, a lot of people don't like Floyd because he kind of throws the money around, throws money in people's faces. You know, everything's about the money, and I get that. That's that's kind of his coping mechanism. I understand. But, you know, you don't have to always be that way. You can show a little bit more heart. You can show a lot more heart. I mean, he has the means, he has the, the resources to do such. He doesn't have to have so much bravado. You know what I'm saying? At this point in his career, he's going to go down. At this point, yes. Yeah. He's going to go down yeah. one of the greatest. At this point, you know, let's take our foot off the pedal a little bit. He might say no, you know, but maybe he'll, he'll be liked more if he if he does that. I know earlier in his career, I was off. I mean, he had to do what he had to do to sell. And I think the money persona may be real, may be fake, but it's helped, you know, make Floyd Mayweather – who he is today, you know, as a box office uh, attraction and a box office success. I mean, without the persona, the persona has helped. I mean, if you look at Floyd in the ring, he's not very, he's not a very exciting fighter. And a lot of no, people who haven't watched a lot of boxing, you know, they see Mayweather Pacquiao and they're like, yo, this guy is really not that all that exciting. He's not an action-packed fighter, but it's all the other things around him that make Floyd Mayweather who he is, the money persona, you know, the throwing in the money, the girls, yeah, the money hoes and clothes, and, and that's what exactly. helps help Floyd Mayweather be who Floyd Mayweather is. Working man, I got to let – go ahead. It's all a show, Paul. It's all a show. For sure. All the world's the stage. Everyone plays their part. Working man, let's get out. I got to get you out of here. Thanks for your time. We got to have Appreciate you back. It. Appreciate it. Working man, Don Williams, coming through, giving us a working man's perspective of the world of sports. I want to thank the Real Tank Tank R&B star for stopping by. Follow him on Twitter at the Real Tank. Hit him up on his website at the uh, therealtank.com. Also, want to thank Hall of Famer Willie Rose for stopping by. You can listen to this show and other great shows. BlogTalkRadio.com/slash PGAN, where you can listen to this show and other great shows. Follow us on Twitter at Go For It Can G O F O R I T G A N T. For everybody here, go for it. We hope you have a good weekend. See you later. Take care. Bye.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.